Microsoft. It was the year 1978. Shadow Dancing by Andy Gibb topped the Billboard charts for the year. The United States banned chlorofluorocarbons as spray propellants for damaging the ozone layer, and in vitro fertilization found its first success with the birth of baby girl Louise Brown in the UK. But in 1978, back in New Mexico, Microsoft worked tirelessly, and on April 11th, they announced the COBOL 80, which conformed to the 1974 ANSI standards for 8080, Z80, and 8085 microprocessors. We always knew that we didn't want to have a single product that was a, a dominant product. We, we wanted to hire in more software people and have a full product line. In a sense, the, uh, one of the earliest things we decided to do was to make available on the microprocessor everything that had been available on the mini computer. And that's why we did the languages, COBOL, assembler, uh, all the, the normal tools that uh, you would expect to be, be able to do native software development. But it was um, clear that as an individual machine there were some things that you would use that uh, you wouldn't, you didn't need on a mini computer or mainframe. And already there were other software companies, although we had been the very first microcomputer software company, a uh, company named WordStar had emerged, one of the, the marketing people from uh, IMSI, after IMSI wasn't doing so well, went out and uh, focused that company around um, the WordStar word processor. Actually, the company was originally called MicroPro, and uh, Seymour Rubenstein ran that. There was uh, Michael Schreier with electric pencil. And we had come out with games very early on, uh, so-called uh, adventure game that uh, running here on this uh, uh, TRS-80 and we, you know, this is an early box that we used in our, our packaging. We called it that group Microsoft Consumer Products at the time. And uh, uh, one of the, the products that really got us kicked off in um, uh, doing new things was we made a card that plugged into the Apple II with the little Z80, a, a microprocessor that succeeded the 8080 on it. And so it let you run all the business applications that were coming out in the CPM80 world on this machine, which was very high volume. And that was a big success and uh, let us grow our retail group and even go out and license some products like uh, Flight Simulator and many others that uh, um, defined a, a whole new avenue for us. We never saw ourselves as, as limited in terms of what kind of software we wanted to do. As long as it was software where um, development talent was the key to doing it well um, and that it could be sold in fairly high volumes, which in those days weren't nearly what they are today, uh, we decided that might uh, be a good product for Microsoft. On November 1st, Microsoft went worldwide, establishing ASCII Microsoft, their first sales office in Japan. Just six days later, Microsoft announced a random access line-oriented text editor for 8080 and Z80 systems called Microsoft Edit 80. This is the first microcomputer editor with random line access to floppy disk files. And Microsoft isn't the only company making strides in the tech industry. In 1978, Intel introduced the 8086 chip, starting the 16-bit microprocessor family. Even politics wanted a piece, and in a meeting with computer industry officials, Senator Al Gore of Tennessee coined the now popular phrase, Information Superhighway. 
Less than a month later, on December 1, 1978, Microsoft announced the fastest macro assembler in the microcomputer market, the Macro 80 for 8080 Z80. This program assembled over 1,000 lines per minute. That same day, Microsoft also announced the availability of Fortran 80 compiler for TRS-80. But the new products were not the only big announcements. Northwest natives Bill Gates and Paul Allen made their plan to move Microsoft back home to the Northwest. We were in Albuquerque until the end of 1978, and that takes us up to where we really completed all the languages we wanted to do in most of our 8-bit software work. So as we were moving up to um, Seattle in 1979, uh, we had some custom extensions to do for some Japanese machines uh, of that time, like an NEC machine and an Oki machine. But a lot of our resource was already uh, focused on 8086 development software. We just saw that as the coming thing. But moving to Seattle let us expand our personnel quite a bit. And that's really where the, that's when the multi-plan, uh, the spreadsheet development started. That's when Microsoft Word started. Uh, in particular, we hired a number of key people, like Charles Simone, who had been a founder of the Xerox Palo Alto Research Labs and uh, had shown us the Alto computer and talked to us about graphical interface. And we shared a common view that, that low-cost microprocessors would be doing that and got him on board to help us write applications that eventually become very graphical applications. It was the year 1978. Now with 13 employees strong and fueled by $566 worth of Coca-Cola, Microsoft ended the year breaking the million dollar mark with total sales of $1,355,000. Microsoft at only three years old was already showing up as a million dollar company, but could they prove they were more than just basic?